Hello listener, Matt here. Support Ben, read his ramblings, or find further notes on this show at securitized.com, spelled S-E-C-U-R-I-T-Y-Z-E-D.com. Welcome to another episode of The Sensuous Sounds of InfoSec, where we discuss all things information, all things security, and all things information security. I'm Ben Maliso. And I'm Matt Snotty. I'm Raphael Fiedler. And I'm Joey Police. And gentlemen, I need to ask you, why is our show like a river? Because it's wet. <laughs> Wait, no. What? <laughs> because it has no, fish? No, I don't think we've had a wet show yet. Because <laughs> uh, we, we talk about current events. Uh, oh. <laughs> you know, we would probably be more enthusiastic about this show if you if you laid off the dad jokes every now and then. No, it's the only reason <laughs> I have a show. So I can broadcast dad jokes to the world. Um, there's a lot of stuff that's been going on in, in our, uh, realm over the past couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, I, I wanted to shout out, I, we didn't accurately reflect this, but one of our, uh, listeners, Angelo actually, uh, chimed in and told us about the, uh, Uber, the former Uber CISO being, um, found guilty and, uh, sentencing has not come down yet, but that's going to be kind of interesting. Thank you, Angelo, for the feedback. Yes. We love interacting with our Thank you. listeners. Yeah. Um, As of today, like of uh, recording, of course, like the the show will come out later. So if, oh um... yeah, sure, yeah, he may be he may be sentenced way before you hear this, but uh, <laughs> thus or, are or, the vagaries of recordings. Or um, Angelo may have stopped listening altogether by then and been like, "Screw you guys, <laughs> I sent you feedback." Angelo's <laughs> been listening for two years. Angelo's oh, been like, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Angelo's one of the faithful, one of the three. Um, yeah. uh, another thing that happened. Last week, again, depending on when you hear this, um, PayPal changed its terms of service. Uh, If you are a PayPal customer, such as I am, you will have received an update to the terms of service and you will not have read it. Because we never do, because all of those entities are constantly updating their terms of service and they're constantly pushing these updates that are 40 pages long. And who the hell has time to sit and read those, right? Right. Well. I didn't read it, but some of the outlets that I do read did read it, and they brought to our attention the fact that included in this latest update, PayPal has determined that if you convey misinformation, PayPal will take $2,500 out of your account for every instance of relaying misinformation. Can you define what relaying misinformation is? Not only can't I, PayPal can't either. They said it's completely up to them. I'm going to discontinue PayPal today. <laughs> and a lot of people made that choice over the past week. Guess what happened uh, subsequently uh, to this revelation publicly when people started discontinuing their PayPal? PayPal sent a retraction. <laughs> I'm going to hear PayPal. And here's... Here's where irony is luscious. This is this is where I like this. In their retraction, they said, we have sent out the incorrect information. <laughs> to me, that sounds like misinformation. Mm. I expect them to be putting $2,500 into each of our accounts sometimes. Uh, that yep. would be a nice little surprise, yeah. So here's a couple of issues here. The Joey, you immediately twigged on, I'm leaving. Why would you say that? Yeah, and I'm I'm with you. I just want to clarify this and consolidate the the concept. Well, look, not that not that there's anything nefarious with my PayPal account, with my uh buying of eBay products, which is I think the only thing I use uh PayPal for now. Um but any organization that says we are going to be the determining factor of whether or not this uh, infraction meets whatever the specifications are. That's up to us. And then when you're dealing with banks and money, especially on a personal level, no, I don't like that at all. Spell it out, make it detailed. That way there's no ambiguity should there be any kind of discrepancy. 
It should be Outst objective instead of subjective. Outstanding. That that was like that was like a, a professorial explanation. Thank you. Joe. <laughs> I've had a lot of lunches with Matt lately, and <laughs> it's rubbing off. <laughs> Um, yeah, it, you know, I think we're all terrified of arbitrary decision making given to somebody else, especially when the penalty for that is taking my money. Just one question because of this. Um, is it like, will they charge it and like deduct it from your credit card or your bank this card? That's I, in there, this or I just... can't, Raft, Rafti, I can't understand this. I do not keep okay. a $2,500 balance in my account. I understand. So, but businesses right. do so, so, right. And and it, it's unclear as to whether they'd extract it from the balance or whether because they're connected to my bank, for instance, and my credit mm -hmm. card, whether they could charge it. I don't know. I, I have no idea what the hell they had in mind when they released this thing. And I don't think they knew either. Now... <laughs> Now here's a couple of interesting aspects about this. When they when they published their attraction, they went on to clarify, okay, we're not going to punish people for misinformation, but we are going to punish people for racist, sexist and bad talk, right? That's basically they said we didn't mean misinformation, we meant this stuff. I'm still not sure I like that either. I don't think that takes the curse off of it because as Joey said, these are ambiguous criteria when left up to a sole arbiter who gets to make their, their own unilateral decisions. Joey, go. One of the questions I have, and I am not a, I guess I'm obviously not an avid PayPal user, is you send or receive money. Where is the, where is the, is this a social media platform? I mean, <laughs> I don't get it. Yeah, when you use PayPal, there's like one little comment box where you can say like, thanks for the meal or something like, you know, yeah. it, it, there's not, it, it's not being blasted to the public. It's not being, it, what the hell are they talking about? And why are they stepping into this territory? It makes no damn sense, does it? Mm. Right. Yeah. I mean, because I have an idea. How can they, <laughs> nothing about this makes any sense because like you said, if it's only a comment or if it's, if it's something being said in the course of, of the transaction itself, they have no authority over anything else that is being said by you. They can't look back on your TikTok or on your Twitter or on your Facebook and say, oh, this person said this. Oh, and they also have an account with us. Ding, ding, ding. We just made 2,500 bucks. That doesn't make any sense. Rafti says he has an idea. I want to hear Rafti's idea because I think he may be on the right track here. Okay, like um, just because I uh, the New York Times recently did a podcast about like this this pie thingamajig where the the baker was like um, charged for not providing uh, a pie to uh, I think it was a gay couple who wanted a pie for their wedding and stuff. And um, for me, the whole thing is like, and I don't know if this might be a cultural difference, but from my opinion, like. I think this is by law in Austria, at least like when I go into a shop, just like regular grocery shop, they don't have to provide me with service. They can say you are not allowed to like uh, shop here just because they don't want to serve you. And, and I don't, and this sort of like, and I, as far as I understand the whole thing there was that, uh, because of like the law and uh, anti-discrimination law in the US and stuff, you can uh, sue, well, you were like um, not providing service to me because you're discriminating against me. And what this me, terms of let, service maybe gives let them me, an Let me clarify there. a little bit, yeah. Rafti. Let me clarify. Okay. You don't need to go into this too much, but I'm just no, like- And, and I don't mean to do a deep dive. Here, here's the thing. Out. Okay. Here's the thing. We have the same laws in the US as you do, where someone can refuse service to someone else except if the person or group that they were using service to is part of a protected class. And it's state by state where these laws come up. So it's not a federal law. Okay. You're probably talking about the Baker in Colorado. There was another one, I think, in Washington State or Oregon. They refused service to a particular customer. That customer claimed you're refusing service based on my protected class and therefore- okay discriminate that's so i just want to clarify that okay okay but from my understanding now is like 
stuff like this where you're like, well, this is okay for us and this is not. And as long as this can be agreed on, especially if it's in the terms of service, they can sort of make their own rules. They have an opt out and they can say, well, you did this even on an other platform and you're getting paid for distributing this hate speech, this misinformation, the case before or whatever. Um, um, we are now allowed to, to sort of like, um, deny your service based on this. It doesn't matter if you're just, and it's just an idea that I'm having where I'm like, well, um, this might be an option out for those people to like for PayPal to sort of like distance themselves and say, well, our terms of service forbids this stuff. And we are like, this is our backdoor. We can get out of any relation if we see stuff like this and don't have to sort of like get into the whole storm and maybe the, all, this cancel culture where people are then like, well, um, if PayPal is, is not. Kinda. Hmm? Kinda? Remember okay. when, you, when, you were, when you were trying to set up receiving payment for your products at Safing? Yeah. Remember? Remember when the banks and the credit card processors were skeptical of allowing yeah. you? What was their yeah. justification? Just the they were denied because of the product we're we're giving. Like um yeah. it's a privacy related product. It's like um our business is helping people uh, to stay private online. Um I like to call it window shopping, online window shopping. You don't have to tell everybody who you are as soon as you enter um, and stuff like that. And they don't like this. They want to know um, so, who their customers so the, are. The financial vehicles were skeptical of your product because they thought that your product might bring attention on them because your product might be used in nefarious ways. There yes. has been, a, there's been an effort <clears throat> since two or three presidential administrations back in the United States called Operation Choke Point. Okay. Where, where the US federal government, particularly the executive branch, realized they could not unilaterally tell certain websites to shut down because those certain websites are protected by the First Amendment of the Constitution. It would be illegal for the White House to do so. So what the White House did is they went to the banks and the credit card processors and they said, we'd like you to stop payment service to these entities. Mm -hmm. They didn't order it. They didn't demand it. They asked for it. And those entities, which are highly regulated industries where the regulators could legally draw attention to those industries and start nickel and diming them on every little infraction, those uh, providers kicked off porn stars. They closed their accounts. Um, they shut down sex workers. They stopped processing payment to a lot of what the White House considered distasteful entities. And Operation Choke Point has been going on for about a decade, decade and a half. And it has proven very effective. A lot of entities that had been flourishing safely and effectively had to scramble to find alternate ways to receive payment. Um, and a lot of them have changed their behavior and content. I don't know if you do, <laughs> I don't mean to ask a loaded question here. Are any of you aware that there was a Pornhub purge? Okay. Yeah, I, I saw it yeah, on the yeah. news. Yeah, there was there was a moment where Pornhub, who's the probably the leading online um, video porn provider, they expunged a lot of their content. They got down to a fraction of the videos they had before. And this was because they had been told by their payment providers, by their banks and credit card processors, you have to follow these criteria in your content. The criteria being all models have to be demonstrated to be over 18. You have to know who the models are appearing in the videos to confirm ownership of that content. And, th and these were criteria provided by the financial entities. Mm -hmm. Why did the financial entities get interested in the content of porn because there was pressure from a government to do so. So I'm thinking you're absolutely on the right track. PayPal is giving itself an out. It's so that PayPal can act in accordance with the wishes of the government and do so unilaterally within the constraints of the contract they made with their customers. And they're doing this by updating their contract to give them unilateral decision-making process. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's my guess. That's my guess. 
Mm-hmm. That makes yeah. a little bit more sense. That doesn't it, sound it, as, as crazy as you originally made it out to be. No, but it's a hell of a lot more nefarious because yeah. what it says is if the government decides they don't like the sensuous sounds of InfoSec, they can call up our buy me a coffee. They can call up our um, our domain host and they can say, you know, we're not telling you to shut Ben down, but we're concerned that Ben's speech may rise to this level of incitement. And therefore, if that's the case, we're going to look at you as hosting inciting content. I wonder who that governing, who those governing individuals are, what criteria is met from the adult uh, website standpoint. I I see the merit there because of child trafficking of of all of the the the, the aspects which couldn't be regulated um, in that industry, right? I, I can I can see that. But let's take your website for example, Ben. If somebody if somebody were to hear the podcast and say, oh, this could raise, you know, whatever kind of concerns within with inside this certain demographic, let's say, or or this certain topic uh, of a genre. I, I'm curious as to what governing body makes those criterias and are they are they bots? Are there are is this the NSA listening in as we as we speak? There's too many out there for. I think for this to be regulated to the extent that you're talking about, which is why. Oh, wait, why'd they go I, after porn? Why'd they go after Pornhub and not XNXX.com? Uh, well, I, I would assume is because you said it's one of the largest. Yes. What you're talking about is they're, they're achieving their censorship activities against the larger voices. They're drawing attention to those things, playing whack-a-mole, when anyone gets too popular and gets too big a voice. And this if it is... doesn't meet their agenda. Exactly. And they'll find a justification for it regardless. And we've seen this behavior time and time again. Um, it was attempted against Joe Rogan a couple of years ago. Uh, you remember that whole kerfuffle? Yes. He was accused of spreading dangerous misinformation which is a horrible phrase that I, it just sends chills down my spine even saying it. He was accused of that because he allowed a guest on the show to espouse their own views, which is kind of what you're supposed to do when you have a free and open society. You even listen to distasteful ideas, even including hate speech. As much as I don't determine myself as being a racist or a sexist or a, you know whatever, I would have no problem having someone on the show trying to vindicate their own concept. As a matter of fact, I had someone on the show last year who said women must have equality in the workplace, but women shouldn't have to be plumbers. Men should have to be plumbers. <laughs> to me, that's pretty damn sexist, but I'm willing to hear it and air it to show the stupidity of the assertion so that the person who is hateful can be revealed to the wider audience. Well, yeah, if that means that I'm giving a voice to hate, you know what? I'm okay with that. And no government should tell me that I can't do that. I don't, I don't think it all, it necessarily pins down to hate speech either. You know, Matthew and I early on, and I remember within the first year of working together, we, we see different viewpoints within uh, our religious uh, worldview. And one of the one of the uh, aspects that he said is, I think Matthew is it is it uh, 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 Penn and Teller, um, I forget his name is he welcomes the 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 Christian worldview to speak openly about his atheist perspective. He welcomes that different perspective in an argument, and I guess what I'm trying to relate uh, correlate and tie into your comment, Ben, is yeah, that's that's. That's really what we are all about is freedom of speech. If it's not hate, it doesn't always have to be hate speech. If you disagree, doesn't mean if you don't like it or not, it's open to discussion. That's the whole point of free speech. It We don't have the rule to protect things we like because no one's going to complain about things we like. We have the rule to protect bad stuff because we have seen or the founders saw that if you give latitude to a governing body to discourage things that people don't like, that gives a power that can quickly be a double-edged sword. 
And that's the tool of dictators. That's the tool of autocrats. And, and it's, it's terrifying. And, and we have seen over just the past couple of years, some horrifying examples of this, which brings me to my next point of current events. I know where you're going with this. Rafti says he's unfamiliar with Kiwi Farms. Matt, Joey, have you heard or have knowledge of Kiwi Farms and what it is? As of this morning, I did some research on it. So, yes, I'm a little bit versed on it. I, I hadn't been aware of it prior to this morning, but yeah. Okay. All right, Joey. Oh, I'm, I'm, co I'm coming in blind, so. Okay. All right. So, uh, Matt, I'm, I just want to launch into the description only because I'm afraid of the sources that you may have read may reflect specific things about Kiwi Farms, which may or may not be accurate. May, may I just ask Joey quickly, are you thinking about like the fruit or are you thinking about the bird? Or the person? <laughs> yeah. This I don't know. But New like Zealand when is. I hear Kiwi, I thought about the, the, the fruit. I did like... Exactly. Well, that's where my mind goes, but it can't be that easy, right? <laughs> I think about yeah, I New Zealand, like... but okay. All right. So Kiwi Farms is an offshoot of 4chan which is itself, or was it, is itself, an offshoot of somethingawful.com. These were online fora that allowed vociferous debate and content, which probably didn't have a home elsewhere on the internet. It was, these places were sources of a lot of the memes that propagate throughout the internet, but it was also the source of a lot of trolling purposeful trolling in many cases um QAnon. yes q and and that came out of 4chan yeah there's a lot <laughs> raids brigading these things kind Swatting. of fomented in those fora and so uh kiwi farms is an extremist offshoot of an extremist offshoot of a troll farm that's that's kind of how this all came to be so Kiwi Farms is a bunch of disaffected, probably young people with a modicum of technical skills and a whole satchel full of hate and, and um, disaffection. And they target certain entities for mocking and for send-ups and sometimes for attacks. Um, their attacks include doxing. You're familiar with this practice? Yep, releasing personal information about someone, where you live, what your phone number is, where your kids go to school. They'll find somebody's online persona and find out who the real world person is. Yep. Then they go one step further beyond the doxing and they encourage people to use that information in a weaponized manner. Go after the person's workplace, go after the person's family, send them images of this person or make claims against this person online. It's similar. I don't know if you're familiar also with Encyclopedia Dramatica at all. Oh, I haven't heard that in a long time. That's been around for a while. Yeah, it's a, it's another similar kind of entity. <clears throat> and they usually target what they call lol cows. LOL cows. People that they find funny for whatever particular reason. And these are people who are usually, they have some online persona that have a complaint or a grievance, often linked to a particular Rafti protected class. So furries are often lol cows to these entities. Um, uh, people who post on deviant art and make pornographic drawings of cartoon characters having coitus, okay? So is this like an ironic way that they're 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 calling them this or is this a legitimate they, they they truly find them funny or are they are they are they laughing at them or laughing with them they're they're saying we can extract a source of humor we can lull at their misery if we attack and berate them okay and so it's, it's so it's a negative connotation it is it's a targeted schadenfreude so like for instance if if they learned that i was talking about them on a podcast they Rocky's might so say, happy as a schadenfreude. <laughs> did, did, I, did I do okay there, Rafti? Schadenfreude? Yeah, yeah, very good. Schadenfreude. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. I uh, but just, just uh, another quick question if we already sure, interrupted. Like, sure, sure, I, sure. I know, like, vaguely, like, from decades at this point, I heard about DeviantArts, but it was like Tumblr. It was not porn from the get go, wasn't it? 
just to make this I, clear if somebody if i haven't you know, been on that website like for so long <laughs> rule 34 kind of takes over everything okay okay, um, okay if a platform becomes successful it will start hosting porn you know i mean that's just <laughs> that's kind of the way it goes yes i was I just like how you described it as like this is not the place i remembered <laughs> just no and you're right okay. and, and you're absolutely correct i don't think tv and art set out that way i don't think only okay. fans only fans did yeah. not set out that way only fans was set out to be an alternative to patreon right yeah yeah but but they ended up becoming the preferred platform of pornographers and prostitutes. Because patreon kicked them off i think earlier I'm, I'm sure that's the case. And and OnlyFans tried and then found out they were about to go out of money and then they welcomed them back. <laughs> um, so so anyway, the Kiwi Farms is a distasteful subset of the internet where trolls lurk and they actually do engage in some harmful behaviors. Um, now, with all of that said, Matt, what did you read recently in your research about the Kiwi Farms situation? Um, yeah, so I was trying to get a background on it because, again, I hadn't heard of it before either. Uh, I, I guess it, I don't know what that says about us that uh, three out of the four of us had not, no idea what this was. I guess that that's a good thing <laughs> that we don't participate in that. <laughs> and you, Ben, obviously are quite aware of it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I had to get familiar with it a little bit. And, and, and yeah, I, I was just pulling up the first articles that came up whenever I, I typed into my search engine, you know, Kiwi Farms. Um, and saw that it was what you, you were describing, but apparently they have been a target of demonetization um, in the form of Cloudflare, which is a large uh, DNS internet provider, has chosen to no longer route any traffic to their servers. So essentially they've been deplatformed, uh, much like, or canceled, if you want to use the what the kids are saying these days. <laughs> they, so you can't get to Kiwi Farms through any of Cloudflare's services, and I'm not sure if you can if you can get to them through anybody else's for that matter. Again, I didn't try to actually go to the site; I was just reading stuff about the site. And and Cloudflare also also offers um, some additional services beyond hosting, which are extremely important. Rafi, you're nodding. What else does Cloudflare do? What are they really known for? Mm, yeah, it's this, um, like, this is not the first time stuff like this happens in Cloudflare. I think their CEO said something in the way, like, in the past, I think, not sure, but, uh, like, uh, that he's even scared of the power that he has in that regard, that he can just decide, wake up one day and say, this this website, which usually is targeted, like, by other entities who don't like that sort of stuff, who are targeting those those servers typically, and and just like remove his protection from them. So basically deciding who who is his customer to come back to that earlier point. Uh, what Cloudflare typically and what how this protection, what they're doing typically is what Cloudflare allows you is um, to have like multiple servers running your content and Cloudflare then dynamic, dynamically resolving your DNS. Um, so if you go to uh, wannabea.com, I think is the address um now you would get back one ip address but what cloudflare is um like offering you is the option to give you multiple ip addresses back but not all at the same time but if you go to the one thing and then the server is down you will get another one and stuff like that so it's it's sort of like a protection for the website typically protection against ddos attacks in particular for yeah for or instance and they have of course multiple other or deplatforming yes. or deplatforming <clears throat> and they assure in their service that you can your customers will be redirected within two minutes. And in real in reality, it's been less than two minutes. When those yep. giant DDoS attacks happened with the Mirai attacks, Cloudflare protected entities stayed online while non-Cloudflare entities were shut down. Yeah. Um, so Cloudflare, like you said, the CEO has said he can be a kingmaker or he can be the the angel of death, right? Uh, by removing Cloudflare protections, you pretty much can ace out a website from the internet. And I don't think there's a competitor, not at least a big one that I know of. To there are some. There okay. are some. I think one is in Austria, as a matter of fact, because that's where Kiwi Farms went to, I think. I think. I think. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Welcome your new neighbors. Again, again I, I'm, I'm, I, the details are still muddled, but here's the situation. Kiwi Farms has been around for a long time, and it's been a troll farm for a long time. And 
at some point recently, there's an online persona named Keffels. And Keffels has made a career and a lot of money out of being a victim. Keffels has accused a lot of people of uh, anti-behaviors, you know, uh, racist behaviors, sexist behaviors, anti-trans behaviors, all these things. And every time Keffels makes one of these declarations, either with Keffels being the victim or some other entity being the victim, Keffels draws more notoriety and more attention and more money. Keffels was swatted. Rafti, are you familiar with the practice of swatting? This is where someone calls up a nearby police department and says, oh, I think someone in Rafti's house has a gun and is threatening a baby. Oh, gosh, I'm sorry. Now that I even said it, now I'm even worried that someone (laughs) might, might swat you. But they'll usually give the police your address, your correct name, and the police will come and storm your house, guns drawn. People have been killed during swatting attacks. This is the modern incarnation of ordering the pizza delivery to someone's house. That was the way we Gen X used to prank people is yeah. send you extra pizza. Okay. <laughs> Your you didn't have to pay for that. Well, yeah. I mean, it was the graceful thing to do because otherwise the poor delivery guys, you know, taking a hit on that. The pizza place is taking a hit on that. It was very unfair, but nobody died because of the extra pepperoni, right? Your generation has uh, perfected this pranking into swatting, and now people are dying. It's a very dangerous and fluid situation. Yes. But as far as I know, it started because it was like, never did this. And I don't think this is as, like, I think it's harder in Europe. Not sure, though. But as far as I can tell, like from the zeitgeist around me, is that the funny thing is to see stuff like that on a live stream that you actually see the police coming in with the pizza that the issue would be they would have to stand up go to the front door and then come back with the pizza and be like oh i got a pizza but if the if the SWAT team comes into the room where he is streaming maybe even a shooter so maybe they even hear like like um shooting noises like from the speakers of the pc and that has happened this yeah yeah I, yeah. I saw videos of this. Yeah. Yeah. And it's terrifying. It is only it is terrifying. Yeah. I wanted to say it's sort of funny, um, but it is terrifying. It's that, that sort of thing where you're like, well, this is real. And if it's real, then it's not funny anymore. If it's just like a, a TV show or something where you know nobody gets hurt, it's sort of funny. But like if it's real, then you're like, well, but yeah. And, and, and I don't I, like it, watching skaters falling on their like yeah, exactly, exactly either. It's it's a That's it's a similar the, thing. It but. goes beyond Schadenfreude. If it's yeah. someone who if it's someone who misses the elevator as the doors are closing, that's funny. If it's someone who gets caught in the doors of the elevator and has their leg ripped off, that's not fucking funny anymore, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you there. Uh, and I think you're right. I think it's more. I think it's more prolific in the U.S. because we we have police departments that are a lot more twitchy and, and prone to break out their their guns and gear, right? <laughs> a lot more militarized. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so so Keffels got swatted. And in order to swat someone, they have to have been doxxed. And that's why doxing is dangerous because that information can literally be weaponized. And Keffels made the claims that Kiwi Farms was the source of the swatting. And then demanded that Kiwi Farms be deplatformed for this sort of dangerous um, anti-behavior. And um, at first, Cloudflare, to their credit, said exactly what you were saying. The CEO is afraid of the power the CEO wields and said, therefore, we are not going, <clears throat> we're not going to deplatform anyone because of content. If we get into that business, there's nowhere for it to end because you give all the power to the complainant, not to the freedom of expression. That lasted two days (laughs) and Cloudflare caved. And Cloudflare was also Kiwi Farms host as well as their protector. And once they got deplatformed, they had to go searching for alternate providers to re-host their content in their fora. 
Um, and I, again, I think they went to either an Austrian or Romanian provider. I forget which, but there is there are alternate services who offer the same thing. None as big or as effective as Cloudflare. Cloudflare is the great granddaddy in this in this industry. And Kiwi Farms was up, and then that provider got warned about <laughs> protests and attacks, and they got dropped, and they went to somebody else. Now. With all this situation in mind, and I don't know the current status of Kiwi Farms, and again, I don't really care because I don't really love the content of Kiwi Farms, but what I care about is the activity, not the content. Again, if you can do it to one small voice, even if that voice is distasteful, we all agree it's horrible, you could do it to anybody. And it's sort of like practicing the rollout of how you're going to pick on people, you know? Um and the issue here isn't so much that I, I've heard two sides to it. One, this is how a society should work. If we find someone we don't like, voluntarily disassociating with them, not do, like you said, I have a right to not do business with someone. If I don't want to have a guest on the show, I shouldn't be forced to have a guest on the show. That should be okay. If all of these business entities like Cloudflare and the hosts and the ISPs all say, we don't want Kiwi Farms, we don't want any part of Kiwi Farms, they should go away. They're a, they're a, a vague, distant echo of what we want. We don't want that in our society. That should be good for free association, free speech. On the other hand, it looks like Kiwi Farms wasn't the source of the swatting. And that Keffels used this in an opportunistic way to take out a website that had been mocking Keffels that Keffels didn't like. Interesting. Now, so false flag operation. Now we're getting into Alex Jones theories here now. It, and uh, and so, so Keffels might... is is like uh, down two thousand five hundred dollars on his PayPal account now. Is this what you're saying? Spreading misinformation. <laughs> Are you trying to do a callback right now? <laughs> I like that a lot. I like that a lot. Now. Now, the the awful thing is um, that has escaped attention of all of the news, and which is why, Matt, I wanted to be careful with the current events stuff. The reporting has all been directly copy and pasting Keffel's accusations without any insight or reflection or actual investigation. And what it allowed, what it allowed to happen is one dissenting voice, Keffel's, got magnified and amplified to the discredit of truth and accuracy. And that's because everyone wanted, that's because the truth makers, the people who determine what is misinformation and what is information are on Keffel's side and against Kiwi Farms. And again, I think that's why this is dangerous. As much as I think free association is good, I'm also afraid of the megaphone. Yeah, but I, from that perspective, I'm just like, you know, like in regards to free speech, I'm. I'm all okay that media outlets are doing this. If their readers are okay with it and stuff like that, this is allowed to, should be allowed to exist as well. Uh, but I agree, uh, like uh, from my perspective, I think it's just a societal thing where we as readers need to be more aware of and, and maybe be more interested in how the, did this like turn out? Was this like you apparently found that the solution was different. So you were like, you were doing this, you were going into it and were um, like interested enough to read it to the end. And I, of course, this is not all people, but I think like um, from that perspective, I'm just like, shouldn't this be okay as well? Like, I, and shouldn't I, we just be, have the right to then leave their service as well? Like, <laughs> I, I, and I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about a legal solution. I'm not talking about a way that somebody should be forced to say something or not say something. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about how facile the coverage was and how easy it was to slime an entity nobody liked. Yeah. And, and that's dangerous. We have seen historically the danger when you can use that brush to tar someone who is already disliked. And it, it's a failing, I think, on the um, the media, the entities that are supposed to be reporting accurately and serving the the greater good. 
Yes, can I go find the truth as an individual and peel back the onion in the layers? If I happen to be interested in that particular thing, sure I can. But it's much easier for me to scan headlines, get an impression, and hear the multiple voices repeating the same thing and take that at face value. And you know this. You know this from a, a privacy standpoint. Yeah, of course. <clears throat> but like what I see like from what, what we're doing from a privacy standpoint then is to sort of like keep on like telling people about how stuff like should work and try to educate people um, in that regard. And I have to, we have sometimes to do so much education. Like people don't know how the internet works. People don't know. I recently explained to somebody what logging actually means because it's such a loaded term and people are like, oh, they're, they are logging stuff. And I'm like, well, they can log weather data for all you need. It does not have to be useful, you know? <laughs> Nor it's... does it have to be dangerous. Exactly, um, exactly. Which but... if is interesting to, to some other topic we might talk about. So let's, let's go. We're going to get there in a second. But before we do, I want to I hit one way station. It's also tricky when certain entities have the ability to... Um, mask or hide their own participation or responsibility in these things and their <clears throat> and not reveal the source of themselves and who they are. Which brings me to another current event thing. Have any of you heard of a reporter named Taylor Lorenz? I don't think so. Taylor Lorenz is a reporter for the Washington Post and Taylor Lorenz was one of the champions of Keffels. In addition to uh, Taylor Lorenz being notable for other activities, such as Taylor Lorenz launched a campaign against libs of TikTok, uh, libs of libs of TikTok. The the I don't libs know if you've heard liberals. Yes, um, okay. and libs of TikTok is a uh, Twitter account that reposts videos of people who've made TikTok videos saying stupid shit. And all libs of TikTok does is say, these are the evil expressions of ideas that these people are saying. And Taylor Lorenz has called this hate speech because the the claim is by drawing attention to these things, you are making people hate what they're saying. You're making people hate these people. When in fact, all that's really going on is libs of TikTok is highlighting these speakers. So I'm thinking of like the, is it analogous to like the, the, the Florida trope where Florida man news articles are always being put out and it's you know somebody in florida because of, of the way their reporting laws work down in florida um lots of people breaking the law get reported on especially if they do silly or stupid things in the course you know florida man wrestles alligator to get his six pack of beer back florida man leaves a baby you know in the washing machine florida man you know does so are, are you are you comparing this is are, are we are we kind of having some parody here that you're they're saying or or whoever is saying by pointing out that Florida man is doing something silly or stupid, you're pointing it out is, is considered hate speech? Correct. Okay. That's exactly correct. It would yeah. be as if you're saying you're engaged in anti-Floridian behavior for <laughs> highlighting Florida man. Okay. That's, exactly, okay. that's exactly what the claim is. Okay. And uh, Taylor Lorenz, in pursuit of this story, doxed the owner of libs of TikTok. oh boy and then <clears throat> went to the house of the owner of that account's mother oh no 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 and knocked on her parents door and interviewed them and said did you know your daughter's engaged in hate speech would you like to comment on this oh brother <laughs> So, uh, some folks on the internet didn't like that, and they doxed Taylor Lorenz. <laughs> oh, gosh. 
And Taylor Lorenz had a moment in the sun where she appeared on a lot of network news shows crying, talking about how terrified she was now that she was being targeted by these haters. It's haters all the way down, man. It's yeah, turtles all say. the way down. <laughs> it's a never-ending circle of, of hate going on. When some people went to point out the hypocrisy of Taylor Lorenz by using her previous posts on the internet against her, they were stymied because Taylor Lorenz purged a lot of her previous content. Mm. You said earlier, Rafti, a lot of people don't know how the internet works. What's one of the ways you can go and find old, old internet data from years ago? Oh, Joey's got his hand up. up. Joey, what is it? Joey? The Wayback Machine. Yeah. Yeah. The Internet Archive at the Wayback Machine. Props to, to uh, Bullwinkle, right? Um, and what does the what does the Wayback Machine do, Joey? Well, basically, if you're looking for a website that's no longer online or something that's changed, you can go to the Wayback, you type in the URL, and basically it gives you timestamps of screenshots of that site and it does go pretty far back yeah it's a great history it's a, it's a it's, it's the like, it's like a vault ahead. no it's like it's a, a vault. vault yeah yeah it's it's tombs you know it's the it's the library of alexandretta it's the it's the it's the the pyramids that you can uncover early internet and and show it to the world guess whose uncle founded the wayback machine this taylor swift girl yeah. <laughs> Taylor Lorenz. <laughs> so guess whose internet history is not available to the internet? Oh, my. So she had insider abilities to purge the Wayback Machine. <laughs> Taylor Lorenz does not have a history. Go that ahead. That is Joey. very suspect. <laughs> you know, if I had the ability... And I wanted to purge some of the stupid shit I said in my 20s. I'd love <laughs> to be able to do that. I don't think the Wayback Machine would comply with my request to do so. Right. Nor do they have to. You know, they they're, are, they, they're a private entity, right? They're, they're a not, private they're entity. They, yeah. Not, they no don't work for the government. Anything. Yeah. They don't they're not even run by ICANN or IANA. They're not they're not part of the internet. They're just an entity. They just capture shit, right? It's just a service. Yeah, it's yeah. Been around for a while. <laughs> is there a, an alternative service? It's like is there an another Wayback Machine? Internet I archive? don't know. Probably, don't know. but wait, the internet archive is like the the cloud flare of storing this stuff. If you want to find the definitive version of an old website yeah that's the way the place you go I, and i've i've lost countless hours going back through old versions of my own websites my band's websites uh websites where ben and i originally started talking to each other on forums and stuff like that it's, it's <laughs> phenomenal it's, it's almost nostalgic for some people yeah yeah, yeah. it's it like really is the 90s. and it's powerful it's useful it's fun it's great so have any of you read 1984? Yeah, George Orwell. Yep. Do you know the term memory hole? Yep. Do you know? Can you explain what it means? Um. Oh gosh, it gets been so long since I've read 1984. It was probably like high school or junior high. But isn't that where, where the uh, if something goes into the memory hole, it can't be found again? Right. That's correct. It's, it's 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 gone for good. <laughs> the protagonist Winston has a job at the Ministry of Information. His job is to redact old news articles and books and films to update them to reflect current feelings of the governmental administration. When the executive says this person is an enemy of the state and has always been an enemy of the state, Winston has to go and find this person's references in all material and change it from this person received a medal from the governor. This person was shaking the hand of this administration official and change it to this person's being hunted. This person committed this crime. The original copy of the one where the person was being lauded gets put in a slot to the incinerator. That's called the memory hole. 
And that history is gone. And now all the backdated new history shows that that person's always been an enemy of the state and nobody ever liked that person. You can't find any documentation to the contrary at that point. Correct. And in changing history, you have changed the present and the future. That's a powerful tool. Infor information is good and very useful when it is accurate and can be used to indicate certain things. When you can change history, you can change reality. Um, and that's kind of, I think, what we're seeing here. Kiwi, Kiwi Farms is a bunch of assholes. <laughs> but they may not be murderous assholes. And uh, Robin and I were just talking about a similar subject the other night. We were talking about um, heavy-handed police tactics in catching particularly serial killers and murderers. There have been historically examples of when the police are pressured to get results on high-profile cases, what they will often do is beat someone into confessing to the crime in order to hold up, hey, we caught the suspect. Right. The worst part of this, it, it, you know, it's, it's horrible that an innocent person is now going to be either jailed or executed for these crimes. That's horrible. I find the most horrible part of it is the actual transgressor, the actual murderer is still out there. Yeah. And it's going to murder more people. Yep. Yep. Have you another current event? A podcast freed an innocent man. Have you seen this? You ever oh, heard gosh. of the podcast Serial? Yeah, 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 yeah. <clears throat> Serial. They, they were able to provide evidence to, to show that the guy didn't actually do it or something like that? Correct. Adnan Syed was released this week after 23 years in prison for a crime that he probably did not commit. Go ahead, Rafti. I think he's released, but I don't think that he's proven not guilty. Correct. They haven't fully dropped the charges. They just yes. let him out of jail right now. Yes. Which, which is one of those vagaries of the court system that I don't yeah. under-fucking-stand, yeah. but okay. All right. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that was largely due to somebody going back over the history, going back over the data from a long time ago, and methodically demonstrating how it was not substantive and convincing into pointing out that he killed this girl. Yep. And it took 23 years. Mm -hmm. But but that was only for, possible because... Go ahead, Rafti. The, the podcast is older, but for the justice system to realize that this actually like has some... That, they, that the podcast actually has like unveiled valid reason for doubt. Oh, yeah. And the podcast like five or six years ago, wasn't it? Uh, maybe older at this point. I think it's yeah. one of the older podcasts. It was kind of the one that launched the trend of the true crime, true crime podcast. Um, yep. The creator, Sarah, oh, I forget her last name. I'm sorry. Uh, she, she basically um, created a genre. Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah. Yeah. That and, and, and ending Richard Simmons <laughs> started the, uh, <laughs> the genre of looking for celebrities that have gone into, into exile. <laughs> Oh, I'm not familiar with that show. What show is that? Oh, yeah, it's called, uh, I'm pretty sure it's called Finding Richard Simmons because Richard Simmons has disappeared from public uh, uh, life for, for a while now. And someone actually did like a 10 episode podcast where they were tracking him down, talking to people in his orbit and stuff like that and seeing what actually happened to him. And then oh, trying to, <laughs> wrapping up with trying to actually uh, speak to him. That's fascinating. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's it awesome. actually was a really good podcast, not because Richard Simmons is in it or not in it. I won't reveal whether he actually appears. No spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> but just all the all the sleuthing that goes into, you know, basically, you know, getting getting into uh, the inner circle of someone like that. See, and it's funny. I think us as human beings, we find entertainment in revealing the truth. We like it, whether it's a murder mystery, whether it's, you know, you know, finding Richard Simmons, who may or may not have inherent value himself. <laughs> that, that, I think we like that. We like being exposed to the truth, especially when the truth was obscured in some fashion. Mm -hmm. What I'm concerned with is all of these entities working in concert against individual investigation and changing history are making information 
harder to reveal. And Rafti, I'm sorry, I got to say this. This is why one of the reasons I don't like privacy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're going to have a fist fight. It's a good thing we're on two different continents right now. <laughs> uh, I, I, I really don't like yeah, but privacy is not about like changing the past. Privacy is about like being allowed to have your past not affect your future as much. As I said earlier, it's like window shopping, where when you shop online, the shop you're visiting, like in a physical world, does not know who you are from the way from the time you just hit enter on that URL, you know. Because when you're on Amazon and you're logged in, they know your shopping history. They have an idea when you get your money each month. They have an idea how much uh, disposable income you have. So they can target you very specifically. And what I'm advocating for with privacy is basically what you're saying, like that if your past has been like altered or if your past is changing your future, you should have the right to today decide to go down a different path. And I think this is only possible with privacy. When 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 you visit the internet, when you go online, that nobody actually has insight into your past because you're a private citizen and you are like um, not going around telling everybody who you are and what sort of like your credit score is or who knows. I'm of two minds about this, and and I have to say I do understand that. On the one hand, I don't necessarily think I should be held accountable for ideas I had when I was a teenager. When I wasn't fully formed in the brain yet, and I said stupid shit, and that shouldn't be held against me as an adult where my ideas have evolved and grown. I get that. On the other hand, if I raped and murdered a child, I should not be able to put that behind me and go apply to be uh, uh, an employee at a preschool. So you see what I'm saying is that there, there's, there's, two, there's two opposing efforts here. And and I can understand both of them. And of course, one is like, are you allowing this person to change? Or are you saying, well, he will never change. This is just how, how this person is. And if, am I putting other people into danger because of the person he, he just is or like, you know, and I think in that regard, I'm, I understand, but it, I, I think like with free speech, I fall on the side where I'm like, I don't want to start drawing a line because it's always hard to stop drawing it. And there will always be people who want to push the line further and further towards a goal where I, I don't see like that this ends in a good way. And I, I think people should be able to change and should be able to sort of like start anew and yeah, just get to know people on a personal level. And of course this takes more time. This takes more resources and you actually have to sit down and get to know this other person before entrusting them with kids or stuff, you know. Uh, but I think this is the diligence you have to do. And I think that's a good thing. That's okay. This just became think, a three-part episode. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I, I don't have the answer. I don't think there's a simple answer. I yeah. really don't like the idea that some people have the ability to put the past behind them technologically. Some people can change history and others can't. That's a very dangerous situation too. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I, I did want to take us to one more topic. I don't think we have time. We, we've, we've eaten up a full hour already. Uh, let's do it <laughs> on another episode. But uh, these are our current events and they are cause for more concern as opposed to resolving problems and having less concern. Joey, you've been largely quiet here. You seem to be <laughs> you seem to be mulling this over. Well, I'm I'm listening to everything that you guys are saying and uh yeah, I'm just kind of taking all of this in to be honest with you. From I, I, like Matt said, I think there are several episodes here that we have uh planted some seeds for more conversations. Let me just end with that. Fair enough. Fair enough. Oh. All right. All right. Um, anything else y'all want to uh, comment on? Anything going on professionally that we should? Any updates to safing products, Rafti? Yes, there actually is. It's great that you ask. I think when this podcast airs, we have released uh, version one .0 of the Portmaster, which one .0. Free. You, Yeah, like you did a stable. full release. Yeah, and yeah, we're cool. doing a full release now. Yeah, it's it's very cool. And so if you're you want out to of enjoy, beta. 
if you want to enjoy more privacy, yes, um, you can uh, download our software. Joey, I think, had some experience with it <laughs> in, a, in a previous podcast. I'm still waiting for some feedback that he has, and I hope it's constructive. <laughs> we will keep on working, even though we're saying it's full. But for us, it's mainly about trying to be measured by a full release. Because if people are like, well, you're not full release yet. Well, we let this slide and stuff. This is not what we want. So we we are not done by any means. But let us know, like measure us up to um, a full release. And it's even though it's free, we're charging for the SPN, which of course gives you more private access to the internet. And we can't discuss about the implications of that and whom we are protecting with this. And I, I heard this <laughs> argument, you know, I think Ben, I think in our first podcast we did together, I think we talked about this uh, quite in length. And this is, of course, always like, uh, and a difficult position to be, but on our end, of course, it's easier because we're just distributing like software and we don't know who you are if when you install it. Portmaster does not send any data back to us, so you can visit the homepage, safing.io. Matt did a great ad at the end, so you can listen to that as well. Oh, did you finally hear it? it out there. <laughs> yeah, I heard it. It's great. None Thank of the hosts you. actually listen to the show after it's produced and put out <laughs> to the world. I listen to I, everyone three or four times to get our numbers up. So, <laughs> <laughs> so this is um, this is uh, yeah. By the the time you will listen to this podcast, we should be out. The homepage will be new as well. Feedback from Joey. He was he was raised too politely, and he's he he says you know if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it. <laughs> I think I think I I think I gave some some pretty good honest feedback the first time I installed it and then uninstalled it. But I am ready to give it another shot, Rafty. <laughs> Please do next week. Next week the installers are updated and um the it's it's quite it quaint, uh, changed quite a lot. So Rafty, your yeah. point has been made. Joey's willing to give you a second chance and see if you've evolved, see if you've grown. Matt, Joey, anything you all want to promote? No, Joey and I are chugging along, working on our individual and 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 together type projects. I, I think Joey's taking on some new clients. If you want to give him a a, a look, see, <laughs> go go get on. Uh, he he's going to have an ad in the uh, the ad blocks here at some point. Whenever I get back on the microphone, uh, Joey's uh, is BlueEdgeNetworks.com. Um, I don't know why he named it that, but that's what he named it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I why guess do any why do any of us name the, the, our company names? I think some really have but, good names, but but yeah, then I can't say anything because I uh, own Network the Rapists, so I can't. <laughs> what? That's NetworkTherapists.com. <laughs> it was a it was something. It was a you know going back to the '90s. It was a, a name that I chose in 1999, and uh, <laughs> somehow it stuck around all this time. I, I will say, if we if we ever have a, a a fun episode, maybe I should do one on my podcast about full blown heat, uh, hot Indian vindaloo. I'm willing to make that argument. It was phenomenal, and uh, we'll save that for another day. Hey, when are you doing another episode, Joey? When, when? Uh, yeah, topic of choice. Yeah, when's topic of choice release? Yeah, for those of you listening, you can jump over to uh, the topic of dot com and listen to my podcast. Where it's it's not anything uh, uh, of uh, cybersecurity, but it's just some some fun pop culture stuff. Ben, to answer your question, uh, I don't know. I, I I just I need to schedule it. Put it on the calendar. So you've got three people willing to be guests. So done, done. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I do want to promote something. I'm going to just give a couple of teasers here. Wanabia may be offering a live course for uh, I forget if it's CISSP or CISM uh, in the San Antonio San Antonio area in the next month or so. Oh, wow. So uh, stay tuned for that. If you're interested in getting started um, and we're working on another product that uh, may be released. This is just an early teaser trailer here uh, that may be very interesting. So you're starting yeah, OnlyFans. You know, if I thought there was a time in it, I would. <laughs> Nobody wants to see me take my clothes off. I assure you. I don't know. I don't know. We could, we, you know, maybe. Maybe we can we can find some angle here. <laughs> there is none. All right. 
Uh, so, until next time, I'm Ben Maliso. And I'm Matt Snotty. Rafael Fiedler. I'm Joey Police. We'll see you again next week for another episode of The Sensuous Sounds of InfoSec. Hello, listener. Matt here. If you like listening to Ben, Robin, Rofty, Joey, or myself, please consider supporting us at buymeacoffee.com slash securitized. Interested in training for CISSP, CCSP, CISM, SSCP, CCSK, or other InfoSec certifications? Go to Ben's website for all his training programs at wannabeacissp.com spelled W-A-N-N-A-B-E-A-C-I-S-S-P dot com. Engage with us on Discord. Do a search for wannabeacissp. Feedback or questions on what we discuss? Send a good old-fashioned email to Ben at ben at benmaliso.com. You may hear your feedback on a future show. We are all working professionals in the InfoSec industry, so feel free to link up with us on LinkedIn. Support Rofty's company and test drive their free firewall software called Portmaster, downloadable at their website, safing.io, spelled S-A-F-I-N-G dot I-O. All opinions expressed in this podcast are our own and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of our companies or employers.